Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. We have a new edition of Odds and End Zones here on the BGN Radio Network. I'm your host, as always, Seamus Clancy, with my boy Zoe. Zoe, rough loss on Sunday. Really no positive takeaways whatsoever. Now we're left in offseason mode. Offseason mode, my boy. Um, really, really, really tough one on Sunday. Um, I think we're all finally over it, or at least the, the last of us who are – Stewing this week or finally over it, but yeah, not not much positive takeaway, but uh, a productive season overall, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking from the national perspective in August and early September compared to where we are now, that's a win, and it's a season I'll look back fondly. It doesn't necessarily mean it's a season that becomes an indelible building block for the Eagles' future because of the uncertainty at quarterback and even head coach right. and a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of young players, but there's a lot of talented old players. By the time the next great Eagles team, it could be a complete turnover of the roster. But it was fun in terms of, you know, you think back to some of those unlikely Sixers teams, you know, the 2017 yeah. team right. where Embiid's rookie season, the following year, Ben Simmons' rookie season, they go on the yeah. and have some fun. Kind of has those vibes a little bit, though. Yeah. I think we all expected the ceiling to be much, much greater yeah. uh, for that nucleus uh, across the sports complex on the other side of uh, 11th Street or whatever it is. That first, and, yeah, you're right. Because that first, remember that first year, they won 50 games. There were zero expectations, right? We were just, we were just hoping that they at least show a lot of promise. The next thing we know, they're in the playoffs, and we know, we know what happened when they got to the playoffs. But that's the vibe I got as well. That's a good, that's a good, that's a good analogy because that's exactly the vibe I got. We weren't, we weren't expecting them to be there, but they fought really hard, and they, you know, they earned their spot in. And so, you know, it just showed that they still have a lot to work on, and you know, to to reload and and uh, and get the get the cabinet ready. But I, I I do I I totally agree with your point that um next year's team can go thirteen and four, you know, number one seed, number two seed, and it could be literally all new guys, save for a few. You know what I mean? Like we there might not be any Super Bowl holdovers on that team next year. Yeah, That's totally. That's that is totally uh, formidable and, and something that you know we have to keep in mind is that next year's team is probably going to look a lot different even than this year's team. Could be five and twelve too. Yeah, it could be five and twelve. It's it's, it's so you know the, the the league it's the NFL. I'm sure to itself, but especially the NFL, everything is so day to day and week to week. I mean, it could be injuries, could be could be whatever. I mean, it could be regression at the quarterback position, could be regression at you know other skill positions. It can. We have literally no clue what next year is going to look like. All we know is it's probably going to look. That team's probably going to look a little bit different than this year. Yeah. Someone in uh, obviously people that read BeleedingGreenNation.com, which you should if you listen to this podcast. I did a I do a weekly mailbag feature on there. I dropped one today. We're again recording this. Didn't say it. 
uh, middle Thursday afternoon. So you're probably listening to this on Friday at some point. Yep. Hopefully listening to it on Friday. And someone asked me a question on there. And I don't know the person, not to like, you know, crap on them, but just the question was, should we be concerned that the Eagles looked on Sunday the way they looked from weeks two to seven? And I'm just like, should we be concerned they looked bad against the defending champs after yeah. playing their defending champs <laughs> and the team that won the Super Bowl the previous year in Kansas City and the team that led the league in points in Dallas and a team that probably should have, could have, would have made the playoffs with uh, Los Angeles Chargers. I wanted to call them San Diego, but didn't. Right. And the Raiders made the postseason. Like, when they played a really good team, they looked bad. You know, they were an okay team that lost to really good teams yep. and beat bad teams. From a pure fan base perspective, that's something you got to respect. They hung tough against, you know, not Dallas and Las Vegas, but other games somewhat good. entertaining against the best teams in the league. Beat the teams they were supposed to beat. So yep. they're oh, that lone Giants in the middle lanes game aside, there weren't a lot of complete hair-pulling losses. Uh, the way we may have been accustomed to in Eagles history were those games that they should have won, they didn't, and those kind of are right. the worst worth of season losses. I think off the top of my head, that 2019 loss in Miami to, to a Dolphins team that was tanking, something like that yep. is complete different yeah. than what the Eagles did when they played Kansas City, Dallas, Vegas, and Tampa Bay during the regular season. So should we be concerned? I mean, it sucks that there isn't really like a single positive takeaway from Sunday. Maybe I think Landon Dickerson played pretty well. Yeah. Some of the young offensive linemen, him and Jordan yeah. Mailata. Uh, Jalen, our guy, uh, played played terrible. I mean, awful. there's no really way to say it. Awful. Yeah. Uh, pretty awful coaching performance from Nick the yep. play caller. So yep. it's not a you know, chicken or the egg situation. They yep. both, independent of each other, obviously their success is inter, you know, completely intertwined. Right, right. But at the same time, neither did their respective jobs well in the absolute no. slightest. And neither did either the and neither did the other one any favors. Like Jalen didn't do Sirianni any favors. Sirianni didn't do Jalen any favors. And you know, um Jonathan Gannon didn't do either one of those guys or his defense any favors. And, and I, I think the it's just the it's just the the age old adage, right? That the cream always rises to the top. I mean, it was the defending champs at home. They've been they were hearing all week about how they look different, how they're missing guys, blah, blah, blah. You know, if the Eagles play a good game, you know, if they're if they come in and not be scared, so on and so forth. And, you know, we we got reminded that they're still quarterback by the GOAT. Like <laughs> that's really what it was. Like they 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 looked like the champs. They looked like a team that's ready to go and defend their title, you know, these next three weeks. So it's, you know, are should they should we be worried, like you said? Um, no, you know, they, they, they lost to their, they are a mildly talented team that lost to a very, very, very much more talented team. And, um, you know, that they got showed that on Sunday, I think that's really it. You know, you don't have to overanalyze this. It wasn't like, you know, should they have gone forward on fourth down and, you know, so on and so forth, kick the field goal, blah, blah, blah. Was, they got their butts kicked by a very, very, very talented team that was, you know, still missing people. Just a matter of fact. Yeah, sugar honey iced tea just happens. Yeah, <laughs> they played the best player of all time. They played probably the best tight end of all time. He scored. Yeah, and yeah. a guy who maybe people don't really think of it is on a Hall of Fame trajectory in yeah. Mike Evans. Yeah. So they played. 100%. You know, two of the best players have ever played football. 
another guy who's probably end up in the Hall of Fame with his crazy numbers. Likely, right. Top 10 defense. Right. Uh, one of the two or three best offensive coaches of the last 10, 15 years. And a defense coordinator. And a defensive coordinator that should be a head coach. I was an offensive coordinator that should be a head coach. Who right, who both should be head coach, who um, you know, who according to Bruce Arians run the team Monday through through Friday. You know, like he he'll tell you, like, all, all I do is is you know, kind of kind of dole out responsibility, but these guys run the team and like he, he I mean it shows they they don't look rattled even in the Super Bowl like they just they don't look rattled they 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 rarely look out of place or even like out of sorts it, and that goes to it's a testament to the the veterans they have on that team and and the guys who um you know they continue to pick up like you know Antoine first of all Antoine Winfield Jr. is you know one of my favorite players in the league I, I love him I think he's one of the he's certainly if not the best one of the top five or six you know, secondary plays in the league. I think he's really, really, really good. And he makes a ton of, ton of, ton of difference for that defense. Um, and it's just, he's just one of the guys. Like, you know, he's a, a part of a defense that is very quick and very reactionary and then doesn't make, you know, rarely makes mistakes. So you got to make, you got to play them. If you're going to beat them, you got to play mistake-free football. And as we know, you know, our, our team was just too young to not do that. Yeah, and I'm hyping them up all week, but that's my job is to kind of convince yeah, myself they're going to win. Yeah. yeah, is to have fun with it. You know, this, yeah. that, and the other thing breaks our way. It could happen, and it could have happened, but it just didn't. Yeah. The most likely scenario played out, but there were scenarios yeah. the Eagles could have won and it just didn't happen. And right. it sucked on Sunday, but, you know, Monday through Saturday, I had an absolute blast amping myself up for the game, man. Yeah. I really am just thankful we had that. Those last two weeks after they clinched that playoff spot against Washington, it was fun. That was the most fun I had an Eagles fan since, I don't know, Foles Magic in 2018 slash 2019. After Magic. after that double yeah. joint game, you know, three years, that's fun, that's man. what you can ask for for a fan is to have fun. And we had fun last couple weeks. I mean, the lead up, we'll never, I'll never forget. I, I will not forget the lead up to it. I think it was from when they clinched to the to the game, extremely fun week, you know. And and we were, listen, it's our, we're not talking, we're not national talking heads. We're not you know, employees of the team. We're fans first and foremost. And, you know, our job was to do what we did. Like we hyped them up. We talked about, you know, how they could win, you know, what 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 could happen if they did win and, you know, future matchups. So like we just we did what we were supposed to do. It's 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 just the name of the game, man. Like we did the same thing last year with the Sixers and we did you know, we did it a couple years ago with the Phillies and we'll continue to do it, you know, uh as we move forward. But we just we were fans and we we did what we were supposed to do. Are you concerned that Joel Embiid's uh, Vorp and Raptor rating is worse than Nikola Jokic's right now? <laughs> I'm saying, I'm, I'm, you know, before we hopped on, I, I was sitting on my couch and um, scrolling and, you know, really it popped into my mind. I was like, dude, if he misses a month, that Raptor score could drop <laughs> percentage points. Then – then that'll finally give the MVP voters something to have a, a, a knock against Joe about. You know, I I really don't know how you know calculator boys are just reeling right now, and they are just they're pulling out everything. They're like they're pulling out the LeBron stats. They're pulling out the Raptor and the Vorp and the win share and the offensive win share. It is it's funny to see because they are just grasping for the the most statistical of straws right now trying to tell us that our guy isn't the MVP right now. 
it's it's wonderful to watch them watch them sing. Yeah, I just uh, came up my own uh, metric right here. Joel, juice <laughs> over expected layups and beats set the all-time record. Jokic <laughs> came in last place. <laughs> love it. I, I love it. I love it. it. It's you know what? It's so funny to to see and and you know, um, I was so I was a sophomore uh, in two in two thousand and one, um, and. It doesn't feel like that yet because this team without Joe, like Joe aside, this team just isn't as – they're not as good as that team was. But in 2001, it felt like this, like the like AI's MVP push felt like this. And it was tough. It was tougher then. Dude. Like they – like our, the Nat, our, our local writers had to fight for him because you have to remember it was the same year. You know, that was a time where Kobe and Shaq were teammates. So like if you didn't give it to Kobe, you were, you could have given it to Shaq. And yeah, Shaq had won the previous year in two thousand. Right. right. Nobody would nobody would yell at you for it. Or if like you were like, all right, look, we gave it to Shaq last year. This year it's gonna be Kobe. Like you could have been like, all right, cool. Like nope, everyone everyone's gonna yell at you. But then here comes this five foot ten dude who's leading the the underdog Sixers to the finals, and everybody's like, nah, this is the MVP right here. So I think that. It is a collective effort. Like it's on us. It's on the teams, riders. It's on the people close to the team in the city. To like the MVP pushes everybody. Like it's not just the team. He every he needs all of our help to get to to win this year. Like that's just how it is in this day and age. Because like everybody, people are people have people come up with their guy and they come up with their stats. It's going to be a, a collective effort. And we're ready for it. I mean, look at us. We we are, we're built for this. Give HP basketball swirly. <laughs> Man, more fighting for his life right now. We love that. It'd be a real shame if the powers that be at our beloved SB Nation uh, gave us a Sixers and NBA podcast, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, uh, well, listen, we're always ready. I'm listen. I'm I'm prepared. It would be. It would be devastating if they gave us a Sixers Hoops podcast. My One uh, last quick Sixers point before we get back to the birds. It's 2.48 at 3 o'clock. Daryl Morey, Sixers Vice President of Basketball Operations, will be going on a local sports talk radio station in Philadelphia to talk about the Sixers ostensibly. And what would if he just announced a trade? Obviously, by the time yeah. you're listening to this, he probably just did a bunch of GM speak and talked about how Tobias yeah. Harris is actually good and tried to up his value and said a bunch of nonsense. Did you imagine? To, um, he's the, he's, he breaks Shams and Woj and does it himself. Dude, he – shout out – first of all, shout out to him. And shout out to Mike Chiodo who came up with – who said the same thing you said. And like, he's we got to be prepared for him. Oh, that was Chiodo, yeah. yeah. So the, the Tobias <laughs> it's been thing. 20 minutes giving Tobias some props. But he's got guts, man. Um, if we were on a non-family pod, I'd tell you something else. But he's, he's guts. Is what <laughs> he's got guts going on the radio, you know, four weeks out from the trade deadline. Um, and to be perfectly honest, the most important trade deadline in his very short six or ten year. Last year was important, but this one is – this one makes or breaks the, the franchise for the next decade. I mean, it's the most important trade deadline in franchise history. Easily, easily. And I would say in the city's history since 09, 10, Cliff Lee, 09, Oswald in 2010. Yep. Yep. And in 2001, uh, they got a, they did the Theo Mutombo swap, right? So that's huge. But it was a little, 
a little washy to me. They did it for, for Shaq because Dikembe is more bulky for Shaq, and they did it obviously for Shaq. We saw all that yeah. that turned out. And you know uh, what? But yeah, it's funny too because the chips fell right for that trade because um, you know um, Deeks Atlanta was sellers at the time. And Theo Ratliff had just broken his arm, and he was going to miss about, about almost two months. And you know, Billy King made the call, and 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 you know, Atlanta was up for it. And I think that's that's another part of it. You know, Maury might not talk about it, but like it's also luck. Like you just it, it it's another it's sports. Like things happen literally by the day. Like the 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 Kings can go on another five game losing streak. I mean, they've been going on five game losing streaks every week, but like they could lose another five, and then next weekend be ready to to pull the trigger. So like it's it's just a matter of when you catch a team and catching them at the right time. It's gonna be fun, man. I'm actually looking forward to 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 listen after we wrap up because I think he's um, he's gonna say some really interesting stuff. Regardless, we gotta do a spaces on deadline day. Oh, 100%. Yeah, for sure. That'll be a lot of fun. Oh, my God. We, we might get banned at that point, but that'll be a lot, that'll be a lot of fun. Well, if, if the spaces aren't a family-friendly atmosphere, so we can cut a little yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you? Oh, man, that's going to be so much fun. I'm going to spend all my time laughing, so that's cool. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Do you want to do some playoff odds and numbers I got for the rest of the way? And yeah, we can definitely. close it with that and get on to Maury talk. Yeah. Well, the literal Maury talk, not us. The literal Maury talk, yeah. So these are the courtesy of FanDuel, not a span- sponsor of the podcast, not but who knows one day. Uh, listed from the best odds to the worst. We have Green Bay. They are plus 350 to win the Super Bowl. We have Kansas City plus 400. Buffalo plus 500. Tampa Bay plus 550. Los Angeles Rams plus 700. Tennessee plus 850. San Francisco plus 1200. Cincinnati plus 1500. Oof. 
I'm circling number three and four here. I like Buffalo plus 500, Tampa Bay plus 550. I like I like um, both of those. I also like um, – it depends on the – I'm saying this now, but I, I like the Titans too, but also uh, I'm saying this after, you know, we found out, I guess, yesterday now that uh, Derrick Henry has a, uh, you know, a plate – the size of China in his foot. So we'll, we'll see how we'll see how well he does on, you know, use running on that on Saturday. But is he playing Saturday? So the Titans themselves posted uh a, a, like a weird TikTok of him saying, like, oh, I'm I'm gonna give it a shot and see what happens. So I, I think they're gonna want I think he's gonna wind up playing. Um who knows what he looks like, but I, I think that he's gearing up to give it a go um, on Saturday. I like for actually you could do you could bet on a Super Bowl matchup. Yeah, you can bet, yeah. Bills Bucks plus a thousand. I like that. I like. And for like a long Bills shot Bucks. one, yeah. I have San Francisco Tennessee Ooh. plus twenty six hundred. San Francisco has been there before, yeah. and I wrote about it in my newsletter this upcoming weekend. I wrote previewed my uh, NFL slate on Saturday and Sunday, and I wrote it would be. The complete opposite of me, the the antithesis of who I am as a person. But I didn't support the number one seed, home seed, home field advantage team that's been disrespected by the entire NFL and has a million injuries. Yep. I have to support Tennessee. And if they yep. win, they're playing both teams at home. And Mike Vrabel is one hell of an MF and coach. Yeah, I love Mike Vrabel. Like, I don't know also, if they're three and a half point favorites. I don't know if they'll cover. Yeah. But I think they're going to win. And you know what? Um, another thing about them, they remind me a lot of uh, Buffalo in the sense that they have – they get a nasty streak about them and they get it from yes. their coach. It's, you know? it's that rabral energy. Yep. Yep. Like, Mick, you know, the the Bills get it from McDermott. And I, I feel like the, you know, Tennessee gets it from Mike Rabel. Like you said, like they're um, – they do enough and they also – when they're home, just like every other team, they're a different team, and they are, you know, they get pissed off and they start punching you in the mouth. And next thing you know, um, you're not moving the ball past midfield, and you're already down, you know, seventeen nothing or whatever. And then, and then San Fran, man, uh, you know, we talked about it last week, but I, that's it's not crazy, right? But what do they do well? They run the ball really well, and they control the line of scrimmage, like they, you know. Um, Dak, for the most for the most part, was you know fairly untested season, and they and they took that Dallas offensive line to the woodshed, and they really made it tough for them. And you know they have they have the they're another team that has the formula for just how to win in this time of year, and it starts with being able to run the ball, and they're really really good at it. Um, I don't know how much they trust their quarterback, <laughs> so you know we'll see about that. But I, I would not be. That's a matchup that I think would be fun, though. I think that, I think that would be a fun Super Bowl. I like this 49ers team. Mm -hmm. I think they're a better version of the team that made the Super Bowl in 2019. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They didn't have Trent Williams, who they oh. have now, first team all pro left tackle. They didn't have Debo. They didn't have prime Debo playing like this. No. No. They didn't have what? Elijah Mitchell, who Elijah I think Mitchell. is better than the cast of running backs they had in 2019. 100%. Jimmy G still Jimmy G, but Shanahan's making it work. Shanahan's making it honestly, and how is he making it work? He's taking responsibility out of his hands. Like that's that's clear cut. 
how it's working. They're making it so easy on Jimmy G. They're not even letting him throw the ball almost. I know we laughed about it while we were watching that game last week, you know, all of us on, you know, on Twitter, but it's the truth. Like they they won that game because in the waning moments, they literally took the ball out of Jimmy G's hand and said, we're going to let somebody else win it for us. You did enough. Don't worry about it. And it worked. If I was – if Debo was around when I was a kid, I'd be rocking that jersey to the middle school mixer. <laughs> He's the coolest dude ever. He's so cool, man. He's really, 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 really nice guy. Um, and, you know, shout out to Trent Williams, and a, a, a divisional foe, but – uh, glad was, he's not in NFC East anymore. Yeah, I'm so glad he's not in our division anymore. And it was actually very cool to see him get a playoff win. Um, you know, he's a guy who kind of uh, you know reignited his career, his Hall of Fame career. You know, once he got to San Fran, so it's really cool to see to see him get his you know uh, a playoff win and kind of experience a little bit of little bit of playoff success because he's a guy who's been doing it. You know, as we know all too well, unfortunately, for for years now. All right, I'll run through the four games on this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Give me your picks. I'll give you mine. We'll wrap things up. Cincinnati at Titans. This is the early game on Saturday. Titans, three-and-a-half-point faves. Who you got? I like the Titans and the points. Um, I I love Cincy. I I love this team a lot, but I I, – I think the Titans are are out to prove something. We'll see. We'll see how far that takes them. But I think in Tennessee, definitely, definitely the Titans. Yeah, I think the Bengals are good for football. Like good yeah. for the NFL. Program. They are good for football for sure. Yeah, we have late game. I think the eight fifteen game. San Francisco at Green Bay. We've seen a lot of classic matchups with these teams over the last few decades. Green Bay five and a half point favorites. I like Green Bay and the points. Though we are a little bit of a reviving with San Francisco a little bit, but I just think. Rogers at Roger. Rogers is Rogers at Lambeau. Yeah, I'm. I'm the same way. Um, you know, I know we're huge. You know, big, big, big fans of what San Fran's doing, but it's hard for me to pick against Rogers, at, especially in Lambeau. So um, until until we're proven otherwise, I'm 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 rolling with the pack at home. We have Rams at Tampa. That's the early game on Sunday. Bucks minus three. I think they're. Uh, I think they're going to spank them. Yeah, I I think that um that that Rams offense they um they got something going last week, but I I think that Tampa um they're probably maybe getting playoff Lenny back. That defense is is getting healthier by the by the minute. Um, but I think at home I think they they take care of business for sure. No, not a slight to the Rams, but I don't think that they're they're ready yet to to climb that mountain. Last game of the weekend, we have Bills heading to Kansas City. Line has dropped. I checked before we started this podcast. It is now Kansas City minus one and a half. My take is whoever wins it. I know we're talking about different bets and odds about Super Bowl matchups, Super Bowl games, Super Bowl winners. Uh, to me, whoever wins this game is going to win the Super Bowl, I think. And I am yeah. taking uh, the Bills here straight up and obviously then with the points as well. Yeah, um, I, I I agree. I think the same thing. Um for for selfish reasons, I, I actually need the Chiefs to win because I need to have <laughs> super far. They care don't pay for itself. Right. Can't they care certainly don't pay for itself. Um, but I, I think that this is this is my pick for game of the week. 
Um, yeah, I think that's an easy one. Easily, yeah. And I think that um, I think Buffalo's going to show us something, man. I, I, I really do. Um, I don't know. I know that Chiefs defense has been has turned it up a little bit recently, but um, I think the I think Buffalo is tired of of being danced on and styled on. So I, I think uh, I, I think I actually do like them plus the the one the points. I like it. I like it. No one circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills. No one circles. They the feel wagon. like our uh, distant cousin in a little bit too. The yeah, rowdiness. They do. The playoff disappointment. Pre twenty seventeen Eagles. Obviously, there's a difference now. And, it, but, and uh, you know what? They strike you as, um, you know, I know every time we see a, a Bills fan go through a table, you kind of get the, you tip the cap a little bit because you're like yeah. they're like the only fan base that you have another modicum of respect for because they get just as wild as I feel like Eagles fans do, if not wilder, yeah. but. Um, I, I get their vibe though. I feel like they're a team that is, they've been told by their coach, you know, if you want respect, you got to go out and you got to get it. And I think this week they're, they're coming out to get it. Last week was cool, but I think they're already past it. And they're like, look, we, we unfortunately had the hardest route uh, through the playoffs. So I, I agree with you. Whoever wins this game is, is going to the Super Bowl and probably going to win the Super Bowl. Um, so I think we're going to be in for a classic. I like it. I like need a classic. We need a classic. Yeah, we do. We need at least one classic every every playoffs. Yeah. All right. That kind of finishes up for us. We'll definitely be doing a ton of offseason stuff. Maybe have some guests on here. Yep. Ton of free agency draft stuff. We'll probably do yep. five thousand mock drafts. Yeah, Same for me. Took this week off of from the bleachers, but I will next next week. I will have on BGN's own. Ben Natana talk about some draft stuff. He came on the podcast our guy, last year. Our guy, ben, man. kind of the resident draft guy yep. on bleedinggreennation.com. Yep. So definitely read Ben's stuff there all offseason long, leading up until April's draft. And we'll be starting with that draft talk pronto next week. That's it for me. So also, we are up for, I want to say correctly, a podcast award. I forgot <laughs> to mention at the start of the podcast, start of the pod. I'm getting the info up from the info to vote for this podcast. Uh, is in the description of the episodes. Rachel is putting in all the podcasts. Uh, we have been nominated for Sports Podcast Awards. We have been nominated for uh, Best Team Podcast. And if you want to register, you can go to sportspodcastawards.com. Go to bell on the entire BGN feed over the next week or two. I don't know when the voting ends. I don't know when the voting ends. That means you should vote right now. Just that means you should really vote right now. Don't waste time. Please don't. It takes like 10, 15 seconds to register. It'll be good. Go in there. Give us some votes. Obviously, very much appreciated. And if you're a loyal listener, you love the podcast, support the podcast, and make yourself feel good for listening to an award-winning podcast. That's right, that. baby. All right. Keep bleeding green, so You good? I'm good, brother. Yo. All right. Thank you, everyone. Great season. We got an awesome off-season set up. Um, have some fun this weekend and drag yourself on the couch to watch some great football. Yeah, let's see what uh, maybe Tyrese Halliburton has an NFL draft pick so we can get yeah, into we'll this see. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll do some digging and see who De'Aaron Fox likes in the playoffs. <laughs> All right, talk to y'all.